everybody. Welcome back to another episode of College Football Sunday. I'm Steve. With me always is Taz. What's up? Hey, all right. So this episode, we're going to break up into two different parts. We're going to do a preview show for the American Conference, the AAC. So the first thing about the AAC that everybody's been talking about is the, pretty much the three top dogs is leaving. Correct. And uh, but that'd be another year or so, right? Before they get out uh, next year, next year. So yeah, this so is their last year. year. Well, last year, yeah, yeah. So Cincy, Central Florida, and Houston. This is their last year. They'll be in the Big Twelve next year. All right. So yeah, this is uh, it's gonna be an interesting year for the conference, knowing that hey, you're about to lose, of course, yeah, like the three big dogs. But again, they are bringing in some teams, not as highly ranked or profiled as those three. But you know, you kind of keep your conference intact. Yeah, I think they can salvage their conference. They got UAB, FAU, Florida Atlantic, mm-hmm. Charlotte, North Texas, Rice, and UTSA. So, I mean, they're bringing in some teams. I think they can keep the conference alive again. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I think that'll put them at, what, they'll have eight plus six, so 14. Right. So, they'll have 14 teams. They are trying to hold on to that group of what they used to call a group of six. <laughs> <laughs> But, I mean, I think they'll be all right as a conference as a whole, depending on how the whole landscape ends up working out and shuffling around and everything. Right. And, and I mean, a team like UAB, they've been pretty solid. Very overall. solid. I mean, this has helped them kind of probably sustain their program also because, you know, they did have that year where they had to shut the football game, you know, program down. Yeah. And unfortunately, that Bill Clark ended up retiring this year right. due to back issues. But, yeah, what he did there was – I mean, amazing. Right. I mean, with these programs moving up, it's just a stepping stone for them to get closer, you know, as an opportunity, I think, you know, being in this conference because it shows it can be done. Cincinnati did it last year. Oh, yeah. As far as making the playoffs. So you can build a top tier program. And then also, I mean, eventually it's not just an, it's more of an audition for the team itself. Normally it's like players auditioning (laughs) and can move up. And get a, another opportunity. Uh, Coaches audition. Oh yeah, and can be promoted to a you know a different program. Mm-hmm. But now you can have a whole team. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that can audition. You know, for a for a different conference. So it's an opportunity for these teams now to step up and position themselves to probably get pulled to another conference. Yeah, and I think it will help in general all the way around recruiting and everything else for them. It right, will. Right. It's a little more difficult. With those teams and recruiting, being in Conference USA, and I think being an American, and hopefully once all the dust settles with all this craziness going on, that them being in a group of five, but the well, they were the American has always been looked at as the upper echelon, the the best group of five school. So I think that if they move in there and they do well, I think they can hopefully still get the same respect that they get in the past. Right, right. And then, I mean, even there, you just you want, like, respectable coaches. You know, mm-hmm. coaches that are respected. Um, you, you do have some coaches. I mean, because Dana's one, for example, that's coached in the Power Five yeah. for years. So, mm-hmm. I mean, his name's out there. He's well-respected. So, um, that brings some, some, some attention, you know, to the conference. Um Oh yeah, along with some other coaches. I mean, a lot of these guys are, are first-time coaches that or new coaches have coached in the Power Five conferences mm-hmm. and get opportunity to run their own program. 
Yeah, and I think it'll be I think it'll be really good for these schools coming in. Yeah. I do, and like I say, we'll talk more about the realignment and all that, and our not the next episode, but the episode after when we do our realignment episode. Right. So let's go ahead and let's jump in on these teams out here. <coughs> um, the first one we got is, and like I say, we we read them off the way that they end up finishing last year. We give our predictions at the end of the second show. And let y'all know how we think they'll finish this year. So, the way that they finished last year, top dog in the conference, made the playoffs, Cincinnati. Right. And that was huge. I mean, not just for Cincinnati, but for Power 5 teams. Because for so long, you know, Power 5 teams got close. Mm -hmm. You never know if they had the opportunity to get in there. And if they actually got in there, could they really compete? Yeah. So, um, by Cincinnati, um, uh, making the playoffs last year and actually playing. Um, but they did at least compete. It wasn't like totally completely beat down. Yeah. You know, to the point to to the point to say that we don't want another group of five in there. Yeah. No, they kinda it held their like own. Forty five to three. Right. I mean they held their own. Like that. You yeah. know, and, and it was a measuring stick for them to see where they can improve mm-hmm. and what in what areas they need to address to compete with the big boys. Oh yeah. And this year they'll lose their quarterback Desmond Ritter. He was forty-four and six as a starter. Made mm-hmm. fifty starts there. That's a lot of starts. That's a mm-hmm. lot of experience. They lose Jerome Ford, their running back, who came from Alabama. They showed up there, mm-hmm. and that Alex Pierce, Alex Alec Pierce. Mm-hmm. They do so. They they lose a lot. And they return all five starters on the O line, right. which is always solid. The best. I mean. Mm-hmm. If they learned anything, it's in the trenches where you're going to get better at. So I think that will help them out this year coming up. Right. And um, that's on the offensive side, but defensive side, they lost a lot. They lost three second, three secondary players. Oh, wow. Experienced guys. So they got one guy returning. So they do have <laughs> three guys up front, yeah. three vets up front. And um, good because they only got four in total returning. Right. So, I mean, you know, that veteran leadership got to step up. I mean, of course, there was a lot of guys, even though they weren't stars, that's got playing time. So they got some experience out there. Yeah. And um, I think uh, I think they'll be solid. You know what I'm saying? I mean, just having a taste of just the playoff in general. Oh, yeah, just the experience yeah, man, amazing that, for them. That'll get you jacked just trying to get back. Mm-hmm. So that's going to be interesting to see how Luke Fickle kind of – Keeps his team motivated, and I think he's he's a pretty good coach. Yeah, he's done a really good job there. They did bring in a new quarterback, Ben Bryant. He was from Eastern Michigan. Mm-hmm. I don't know what that's worth, but, I mean, maybe better weapons. Good thing is, like we said, he has five stars on offense coming back on the mm-hmm. offensive line. So, if nothing else, he'll be somewhat protected. Right. And, uh, like I said, I mean, just, just come in, I mean – you don't have to be the guy. You don't have to win the games. True. Just, just play within the system. Mm-hmm. I mean, you, you see it work. Oh, yeah. yeah. Just play within the system. And I think Luke Fickle can uh, sustain that and, and got him to a good good season. Yeah. And that's what I look at. I mean, do you think this could be a rebuild year with everything they've lost? I, it could, but I don't think they're, they're actually looking for a rebuild year. Because I'm seeing here, like, they got a they got a LSU transfer in uh, at running back, so mm-hmm. I'm thinking he's trying to piece some of those places that they lost some vets um, with transfer guys. Yeah, so I don't think he wants to like completely say, "Oh, we're just going to completely rebuild," because he he wants to keep the mindset 
set on, hey, look, we're going to the next level. We, we had a taste of it, and we need to be prepared, preparing ourselves yeah. for the next step, which is going to be a Big 12 conference. Oh, yeah, next year. So we don't want to be like in a rebuild mode. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, some of these schools, you wonder, are they? Because a lot of schools, like um, the bigger schools, the bigger Power 5 schools, mm-hmm. And they talk about, you know, oh, they lost all these players to the draft. And everybody's like, oh, no, it's not a rebuild year. It's a reload year. Right. Is Cincinnati to the level yet where they're not rebuilding? They're just reloading. I, I would say, like I said, I, I, his mindset, I, I mean, I don't know it. But thinking we're fickle, got this team, you mm-hmm. know. Um, just not just last year, but progressing through the years. Oh yeah, he's a great coach. Yeah, I yeah, think yeah. I think he just wants to try to sustain. Yeah, and I think he'll yeah. get to that part yeah. to where he isn't rebuilding; he's just reloading. Right, right. And like yeah, I said, I, the I next, really do. I mean, just the, the just the experience and the and the um, TV time he got last year. I mean, guys oh, saw yeah. it. Oh yeah, you know. So um, that along with guys knowing, hey, we're gonna go to a, a, a bigger conference. Yeah, I think that's really going to help them a lot in recruiting. Oh, it's going to be huge. It's going to be huge. Yeah, and especially the way that they work out the playoff expansion moving forward, mm-hmm. then I think that will really, really help them a lot. Mm-hmm. It will. I think it will help a lot of teams across the country, depending on how they Correct. assign and align the playoff, um, the playoff realignment once they redo the deal. Right. All right, so... <laughs> Our next team we got is Houston. Mm. Houston went twelve and two last year. Head coach Dana Holgerson. Love Dana. I do. You know a lot about Dana, so I'm gonna uh, yeah. take the <laughs> I know Dana one. personally. Right. <laughs> I do. Love Dana. Great guy. I do. Uh, his yeah, love Dana. <laughs> I'll leave it at that. We <laughs> Yeah. I worked with him at U of H when he was there as the OC at 08 and 09. Really great guy. That guy right there, he's forgotten more football than 90% of the people can even don't even know about football. He is offensive genius, great mind. Mm-hmm. He is. And I'm so glad he's back in Houston and he's ready to take him to the next level. And Houston finally is going to get an opportunity in the Big 12, keep some of the kids at home. All right. But I'm wondering, this year, I think if Dana's going to do it, this year is the year Houston takes the next step. Right. Right. And I think it's important. Like I said, all these teams that are actually taking that next step or making that move next year, they want to go in with some type of momentum. Oh, yeah. You know, so they want to go in with some type of momentum. That way, when they get there, it's not like, oh, it's uh, guys are overwhelmed, you know, of mm-hmm. now playing a week-to-week, you know, ranked team. Yeah. You know, or a very competitive team. Yeah, or I mean, over there, I mean, they're, they're they play different styles over there. Mm-hmm. I mean, you talk, you know, um, Oklahoma State. Yeah, their fast paced offense score a lot of points. Yep. You know, you, you play a Baylor. Um, they do play a up tempo offense, but they play, a little bit. But they play a lot of defense. Oh yeah, they, they want to <laughs> grind you out. Yeah, they do. You know, so you're gonna be facing different styles each week, um, and for the most part, going in. Um, you won't always be the favorite in, in the game. No, you know, no. Majority of the games now, probably they're probably 90 percent of the teams they play in the conference. Oh yeah, they're of course. favored to win the game. Yeah, and looking even at their schedule, I would say probably maybe one game would be close right. and uh, pick them 
Mm-hmm. Would, and I would even give it a pick on. Well, I'd probably give Tech three points just because it's in Tech. But outside of that, I don't see a game on Houston's schedule that they won't be favorite this year. Right, right. And then this year they have Cincinnati home. Oh, they play Cincinnati this yeah, year? Yeah, last year it was uh, at Cincinnati. Yeah, I know they played in a championship game. Mm-hmm. Right here. Gotcha. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. No, actually that was last year. But Yeah, yeah this last year. year they played them. Yeah, okay, okay. This year, yeah. They're not even playing this year. Mm-mm. No. Okay. Yeah, and then they bring back the top quarterback in the American, Clayton Toon. This is fourth year in the system. Right. Which, if everybody can remember what Dana's done with quarterbacks, I mean, very rare has he had a quarterback that's been in his system that's worked with him. And honestly, I don't think he's had one quarterback mm-hmm. that's been in his system for four years. I don't. Maybe back when he was in at Tech. Maybe in West Virginia. I know when he was. I know when he he was only in Houston for two years, right. and he had Case Keenum, and then Cliff took over for him. And then when he went to Oklahoma State, he had Brandon Whedon, but he only had him for one year before he went to West Virginia. Right. So yeah, I mean, fourth year in the system. I think he can. Clayton Toon probably be the best quarterback in the whole conference. They have the top receiver back, Nathaniel Dale. Mm-hmm. So. Be sure to listen for Tune to Dale. <laughs> Tune to Dale. Gotcha. <laughs> then they signed a four-year, or I'm sorry, they signed a four-star wide receiver, Matthew Golden, from Houston, right. which then moving to the Big 12 is going to be awesome. Yeah, you get to keep the guys home now. Exactly. Right. And I've been saying that for years. It aggravates me so much being from Houston when you look at, 90% of the players from the Houston or greater Houston area are going to A&M, um, Oklahoma, right. LSU, mm-hmm. um, Oklahoma State. I think <laughs> half of Oklahoma State's players are from the state of Texas as a whole. Right. Or they go to Baylor or they're going to TCU mm-hmm. or somewhere else. I mean, Houston, the greater Houston area produces per capita probably one of the best recruiting grounds there is in the country mm. every year in the espn 300 there's at least 11 kids now granted your class is 25 kids but if you could keep those 11 right and the espn 300 at home three years down the road you got three three you got 33 espn 300 kids right right, right. <laughs> mainly four and five star kids now i'm not saying that they're going to just take over and recruit when they move to the Big 12, especially with all this shuffling around or whatever. Mm-hmm. But it makes you more competitive. And the more competitive you are, like you know, the better that you'll do in recruiting. Right. And Houston, should, Houston is such a good breeding ground for recruits that I, I'm so happy they're finally moving into a real conference. Yeah, yeah, the way they can keep those guys home. Because, I mean, it's proven fact. They were able to, it was a rarity, but to keep a guy like Ed Oliver home. Yeah, I mean, look at that. Yeah, First he, round pick. You saw the difference. Drafted by Buffalo. Oh, man, yeah. that dude was a beast. Definitely. He was. Definitely. Game changer. Yeah, so you can start keeping those kids home now. I mean, you know, before, I mean, schools can recruit them and say, well, you know, you're going to the AAC versus, hey, you're playing the Power Five. You know? yep. And they will choose the Power Five. Oh, yeah, AAC because you have a chance to win a championship. Right. You do. Right. So, you get more noticed. So now, I mean, with you being in that conference and proximity to home, mm-hmm. it's a plus. Oh, yeah. 
And then here's something else that's really changed the game in Houston here recently is that third war defense. Mm. It is. They've number one or number two in every category in the conference, top 20 nationally. I mean, that's and that's something as a Houston fan, being from Houston, that Houston never really had. Mm-hmm. They had solid players, they did, but they never has a as a core has such a solid defense like that. Right. And that's what they're calling it, the third war defense. Meet us on Scott. Right, because I mean, for years, I mean, Houston was known for the offense, you mm-hmm. know, and you you didn't probably probably didn't give a lot of attention to the to the defense. Well, it wasn't much to pay attention to. Well, the thing was, <laughs> even if there was, I mean, the offense putting up so many points, yeah, and scoring like crazy, and mm-hmm. you got like Andre Wears and oh Case, yeah, you know, Case come through there, you know, mm-hmm. but it was crazy because that was your focus, like man, who's gonna be the next Highland Trophy candidate? Oh, yeah, on the offensive side. Yeah, because you're always looking at that. But yeah. now, I mean, three of the last four years, mm-hmm. high draft picks in the NFL. Yeah, yeah. yeah defensive line. On defensive line. Yeah. Ain't that something? Yeah. From yeah. Houston. Yeah, you wouldn't, you wouldn't <laughs> expect that from Houston. No, no, trust me. I've watched it <laughs> firsthand. <laughs> I got something, though. I think, honestly and truly, and this isn't trying to be a homer because this isn't what this is about, mm-hmm. and I'll, I'll make sure that we don't do that on this show. But if they get past Texas Tech, mm-hmm. like I said, I think that's the only game they wouldn't be favored in their schedule all the way to the conference championship. Right. I think they could run the table at least to the conference championship game. They could, of course. I yeah. don't I don't see anybody on there. They played some close games and some tough games yeah. last year. You, you'll probably have a team or two. Like I said, it's always in your conference. It's Used to playing you every year that's familiar with you. Yeah. Might give you a scare here or there. So Yeah, East um, Carolina. Yeah, you SMU. might have a, Yeah, you might have a game like that or something. Yeah. But uh yeah, I mean it's possible they can run the table after tech. Yeah, they just gotta get past that road game to Texas Tech. Yeah, I won't, you know, overlook Kansas after what they did last year. Man, look, hey, we didn't have Kansas. They did it once. They did uh, it well, once. oh, so what you're saying is that's going to be one of the three wins I'm, that Kansas I'm needs? I'm saying there you could be. I'm just saying don't overlook them. <laughs> <laughs> They're on a high right now. They, yeah. They took, oh, yeah. They took down the big bad Texas. <laughs> so don't overlook Kansas. Well, I tell you this, in Houston, we play ball different than they play out there in Austin. Hey, I'm just saying, brother. <laughs> and I hope Texas doesn't leave early so that way Houston plays Texas next they'll a, year. They get an opportunity. I hope they do. I hope. And hopefully they schedule them, you know, because well, you can't play everybody. No, but they, you need to make game. sure, yeah. Yeah. In the Big 12, every team that's in Texas needs to play each other. Yeah. They do. That before you get out of there. <laughs> One last time. Hell, we'll go to Austin. I don't give a damn. Yeah. Anytime, <laughs> anywhere, right? That's it. Except for on the weekdays. There you go. <laughs> Thursday night, Friday no, night. No, <laughs> Saturday, everybody. <laughs> All right, so our next team we got going on is UCF, Central Florida, right. Golden Knights, self-proclaimed national champions a couple of years ago. They yeah. were. <laughs> yeah. Oh, um, they hung it up. Oh, they yeah, did. They hung yeah. the banner up. They got the rings and everything else. That was a solid team that year, but I went – I didn't know we could claim national championships. No, nah, unless you're actually in that championship game. You win that <laughs> championship, of course. Yeah. You know, mythical ch- chips. So, mm-hmm. yeah. So, Gus Gus gets another year. 
Yeah. Just gets a promotion as far as um, getting back into Power Five. Yeah. That's a plus so for him. So far, yeah. Yeah, that's a plus for him. So He and, went nine and four last year. Mm-hmm. Wasn't too bad. Right. And then recruited well, um, beat Florida in the bowl game. So they come yeah. out fine in the bowl game. Mm-hmm. Um, so we'll, we'll see what happens. I mean, got a few transfers in there. Yeah. He's got a new quarterback, that Plumley from Ole Miss. Right. And Plumley was a... Uh, Plumlee is a mobile guy. Mm-hmm. Which yeah. is a Gus-type guy. He's a Gus-type guy, yeah. And a plus for Gus, I would say, because Gus, uh, <laughs> you know, not known for developing quarterbacks, but he can bring them in that's sort yeah. of developed. And that's what we've talked about that yeah. in the past. We have. That is one of Gus's downfalls. Right. His success has been with quarterbacks yeah, that, that have came from somewhere else. transferred in. Yeah. yeah. And you know... Um, your boy Lane developed Plumley. Of course, I mean he, he had some highlights, man, and mm-hmm. was started there for a little while. Yeah, yeah, he started a couple games yeah. for him. He did. So he can come in and uh, you know, give Gus a boost um, on the offensive side. So yeah, we'll see. He got a uh, senior a running back returning. That's nice. Yeah, that helps. Isaiah Bowser. So yeah, I mean. Just having the veteran leadership in key places. Mm-hmm. Um, I well, think, they, uh, I don't mean to cut you off. No, you good. They return three starters on the O-line, mm-hmm. the left guard, center, and right guard. So mm-hmm. right up the middle, all three of those are coming back, and they return 132 starts on the offensive line. That's a plus, man. That's that would really help that running back oh, and definitely. Plumlee. Yeah, and the pass game. I mean, because Plumlee himself will be, is part of the running game. Yeah. So yeah, bringing those three up the middle back mm-hmm. that really really help. Yeah, and they got like I said, I mean they have a decent schedule. Also, I mean outside of the conference, I mean mm-hmm. have a game against Louisville. They host. That'd be a really good game, yeah. I think. Yeah, I think that'll be a really really good game. It will. Um, but I, yeah, I like Louisville's quarterback at Cunningham. I think he's really good. Right. He ain't Lamar Jackson good, but he's pretty good. Right. That should be that'd be a pretty good game to watch. Mm-hmm. Yeah, early in the season, too. Mm-hmm. So, yep. you get tested early, and you can see where you stand. Oh, yeah. So. They're pretty young, or they were pretty young on defense last year. Mm-hmm. They returned seven starters this year. Six of them are juniors this year. So, that mm-hmm. means six of them last year that was starting were sophomores. Right. I think that's probably what kind of hindered them on the defensive side last year. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and they lost a lot in, as far as their uh, linebacking core also. Mm-hmm. So, he's got to get some guys to step up there and uh, – We'll see what Gus does. Yep. Is anybody getting on the Gus bus? <laughs> we'll see. You don't have his main guy to go boom. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> All right. So moving on to the next team we got. We got East Carolina. Right. East Carolina was really an interesting school mm-hmm. that I didn't I I knew some about. I didn't know too much about until I started actually like look really digging into it. Um, their head coach, Mike Houston, this is his third year. He came from James Madison. Mm-hmm. And reading up on him and stuff like that, his philosophy is we're going to pound the rock, run the ball, and play good defense. Right. So <coughs> just kind of checking him out, uh, Mike Houston. Mm-hmm. Man, he, he returned his rushing attack. Yeah. You know, so oh yeah, and that's what he's leaning on. Yeah, he's gonna lean on that rushing tech. I still think they're gonna toss it a little bit, a, yeah. a lot, but yeah, a little bit. But uh, yeah, that's huge, man. Because look at the recruiting strong, that yeah. he's done for the offensive line. 
He has. Yeah. I mean, he's trying to build that up too. Right. Right. Load up on the offensive line. Mm-hmm. Of his top recruits there. He's got what one uh which is I guess his top guy. I, I can't pronounce his name, Jacob. <laughs> Don't worry, we butcher these kids. Yeah, names. I want to butcher the name. Uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, building that offensive line, that run, that rush attack is going to definitely help the pass game. Oh yeah. Anytime if you can, that's the thing with with any of these teams. If you can, you know, pose your will on on a run game on a team and, wear, yep. and try to wear 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 them down, mm-hmm. it'll open up the play action. It opens oh, up yeah. the screens. I mean. It opened up a lot, so I think that's where he's going to lean on his run game mm-hmm. with, his, um, with his guys returning back. They so. got a really solid defense coming back. Right. They bring seven starters back, and everybody watch out in the American mm-hmm. because he has two ball hawk corners, Malik Fleming and Juan Powell. Right. Keep an eye out on that because that's the thing. They're going to get ahead. They're going to run the ball, which means that they're running the ball. Teams are going to throw the ball. Mm-hmm. And they have these two corners that's out there, Malik Fleming and Juan Powell, yeah. Yeah. that I think is going to have really, really big years this year. Right, right. And uh, and they run multiple defense also. So oh, yeah. They run 3-4, four, 4-3, four, probably making an adapt mm-hmm. to who they're playing. Of course, I mean, you're going to have some teams that's going to come in to spread you out. So, yeah. you kind of take you out some of those past games. Yeah, and they have an all-conference kicker coming back. Right. Owen Daffer. Mm-hmm. He's a sophomore. He went 19-23 last year, which is a pretty good college kicker. Kicked a 54-yard field goal to beat Navy 38-35 mm. late in the year. So, you know, that, that ball had to feel like kicking a rock 54 yards. <laughs> yeah, and they have, what, three one-loss one one score games that they had also yeah which is which is where that kicker can come into play I mean South Carolina lost what twenty to seventeen UCF twenty to sixteen and Houston yep. thirty one twenty four in overtime so that's huge yeah they have yeah a, a lost to South guy. Carolina by three yeah at Central Florida by four and mm-hmm. at Houston in overtime by seven right I mean I think they can have a really really great year this year yeah I do. So I think I think East Carolina, they're trending in the right direction. They're pushing the ball down the field, mm-hmm. running the ball, playing solid defense. They played three really close games last year. So if they can get past that, yeah, and this, get that turned around. You're talking about you know maybe a nine ten win season. Yeah, I mean they could be up there competing. Mm-hmm. They could. Mm-hmm. All right, we'll keep up the good work, East Carolina. Next that we got here is we got Tulsa. Mm. Tulsa got a fifth-year senior quarterback, Davis Brin. He's back, and I think that'll help a lot. Should be better because of their schedule this upcoming year. You want to you want to talk about playing a tough schedule last year, dude? At Oklahoma State, mm-hmm. at Ohio State, right? At Cincinnati, right? This isn't a this isn't a power five <laughs> blue blood school to be playing these types of games. Right. But that, I mean, still, still having seven wins. Yeah. And playing those teams. So um, not having them this year, but replacing, I mean, at least one of the teams with Ole Miss. Mm-hmm. You can you can have an eight, nine win season. Yeah. And look who that first game's against. Wyoming. <laughs> <laughs> 
That's an inside joke. Yes, very inside joke, which we, we will touch on Correct. on our group of five one. Correct. So, yeah, first game at Wyoming. Mm-hmm. So not, I mean, not a, not a bad pool as far as schedule. Yeah, and if at the beginning of the year, right. I mean, coach probably won't even know the game's going on. Right, and could be easily undefeated to the, you know, meet Ole Miss. Could be 3-0. Yeah, which would be a really good jump. It would. You only need six to get to a bowl game. Right, and they're hosting Ole Miss, so if that yeah plays a part in anything, uh, to an extent, but I yeah. still think <laughs> I think Lane gonna come in there. <laughs> but yeah. you know what? I like that though. Yeah. Is that Ole Miss is going to Tulsa? Too many mm-hmm. times, what aggravates me is these group of five schools. All they do is go on the road. Mm-hmm. They don't get that home game back, and it's like, well, give it back to me. I don't mind to go to your house two out of three, but one of those three, you're gonna come back home and you're gonna come to my house. If nothing else, for your fans. Right. I mean, because your fans in Tulsa are never going to travel to Ole Miss to watch them play. Right. I mean, the vast majority of them, mm-hmm. you know. And I like that that Ole Miss said, yeah, we'll, we'll go to Tulsa. Why not? You know? Right, right. So it's going to be a, it's going to be a challenge, not only because, I mean, Lane does run a, uh, a nice offense, a difficult offense for a lot of teams as far as reading them. Yeah, and Tulsa only returns three starters on defense. Yeah, but they lose their D coordinator also at TCU. <laughs> so now you come in with a whole different philosophy. So oh, we'll, yeah, we'll that's see. right. Their D coordinator left. Yeah, yeah we talked left. about that in another episode. Yeah, and they're one of the top playmakers left and transferred to Baylor. So, mm. deep D line front. So, well, I mean, they, they, they can still probably hold it together. Mm-hmm. But they, they played, can. I mean, played solid ball last year, though. Yeah. yeah. All right. So then the next school we got here is SMU. Their new head coach they got. First year, he's from Miami. That Rhett Lash- Lash- Lashley. Lashley. Yeah, yeah. right. <laughs> so, how good do you think he's going to do there at SMU? I don't know. Now, to 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 his advantage, I think. I think the culture was set for him. Yeah. <laughs> you know. Yeah. I think that's a plus. Oh yeah. Know, versus him, he's not coming in off a of coach. You know, from from being fired. Mm-mm. The coach got a promotion. Oh yeah. So the culture, the culture was set, so he can just kind of step in and try to build off of that. Yeah, he likes offense. Sonny Dykes liked offense. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think that's that's really good right there for him. Right. In the transition. Right. Right. And uh, who knows? He could have, you know, chatted with Sonny a little bit and gave him some insight. Yeah. What's going on? I mean, they're not even, you know, playing against each other or anything. So. Well, no, they play every year. SMU and TCU. Uh, oh, TCU? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, okay, okay. Yep. But when I mean they're not in the same conference. <laughs> yeah. So nah. but um but last year SMU went eight and four. They started seven and oh. Come out the gate. They was on fire. Right. They was ranked. And then they finished one and four. Mm. They had really close losses in back to back games on the road. Right. That game against Houston, that was a hundred yard kickoff return at the end. SMU just tied it mm-hmm. with about a minute left. And then they kicked it off to Houston. He took it back to the house to mm-hmm. win the game. And then they lost a close game at Memphis by three. Yeah, they tailed off at the end um, of the year. I mean, it started out 7-0. and Yeah. Yeah, which is really great. I mean, Yeah, but they ended 8-4. Yeah. I mean, you only won one more game mm-hmm. after they going 7-0. and So Yeah. And uh, most of those, actually all of those, were conference games. Yeah. That so, is so true. So that kind of push you out of the Yep. But they got a nice receiver. They do. Rasheed Rice, mm-hmm. 6'3", about 215. They bring back their quarterback, Tanner Mordecai, 
3,600 yards, 39 touchdowns. All right. And seven starters on defense are coming back. So, mm-hmm. I mean, I think they'll have a pretty solid, solid, solid team. I do. I don't think they'll finish at the bottom. I think they'll finish probably mid-pack. Yeah. I think once that head coach gets in there and gets the recruiting and everything, I think he'll do pretty well. Right, right. He did well with the quarterback he had. Actually turned, helped turn that program around. Yeah, exactly. Know, offensive-wise. Yep. And then they went 8-4 and four last year. Mm-hmm. And they end up getting invited to the Fenway Bowl. Huh. <coughs> no. Let's talk about this for a second. <laughs> the Fenway Bowl was canceled again. Mm-hmm. This thing was supposed to pop off in 2020. Right. Got canceled in 2020. Got canceled in 2021. Hopefully this year that they'll actually start. This was an inaugural bowl game that they just added. Right. And, well, you know, they'll play at Fenway Park mm-hmm. in the baseball stadium, which mm-hmm. to me... I know it's kind of odd and it looks weird, but I think it's pretty cool. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Playing a football game at a baseball field. Right. I think that's pretty cool, mm-hmm. you know? So, I mean, the second straight year this bowl game gets canceled because I remember back in the day during the, you know, because Notre Dame does that Shamrock series thing that they do. Well, Notre Dame played Boston College in Fenway in 2015. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, to me, that's pretty cool. You know what I'm saying? You got the... The green monster out there on the side, right. Right. <laughs> and then you're taking off and everything else. I mean, I, I don't know. I like when they it, – it, it brings the old-school feeling back, right. you know, like when Army and Notre Dame would play at Yankee Stadium mm-hmm. or something like that, you know. I, I like when they play in the old football or baseball stadiums. I do. Right. So, all right, so then the next thing, we're just going to go ahead and keep this keep this show rolling. We're going to do this in one part. And <laughs> the next team we got moving forward is is we got Memphis. Memphis Tigers, yeah. Yeah. Now, Memphis, um, over uh, the last few years, I mean, we know the standard that was set, you know, by the previous staff mm-hmm. really was – you know, one of the juggernauts in the conference. Oh, yeah. Even the staff before Norvell. Correct. Justin Fuente did really well there. Correct. Norvell did really well there. Correct. So now, I mean, they've taken some some of a step back. Yeah. You know, um, but we'll see if they can um, see if they can sustain that. They got a returning quarterback. You know, yeah. like a lot of other, other teams. Um, we have a freshman returning. So we'll see if he can sustain. Um I got something for you. Shoot. Here's a little tidbit. Last year was the first time that Memphis hasn't won eight games mm-hmm. since 2013. Yeah. And they even went eight and three during the COVID year, which right. is a year I don't even count, but they still at least won eight games. So right. they, this is the first time since 2013, was it eight years mm-hmm. last year, that they had won eight games. Right. And a lot of, a lot of the games they lost were actually close games. That's true. It's That's close true. Games. I mean, you're talking one, two, three, four, four really one score games mm-hmm. that they lost. And here it is: uh, UTSA thirty-one twenty-eight. Mm-hmm. They lost to Temple thirty-one thirty-four. Oh, uh, we'll get to them. Yeah, um, Tulsa thirty-five twenty-nine, and you lose to East Carolina thirty to twenty-nine. Oh, wow. Overtime. Really? Yeah. Oh, so they probably went for two. Easy. Or something like that. Yeah. Yeah. Where were they at in turnover margin? Uh, Let's see where the turnover margin. 
Minus one. Yeah, minus one turn. Uh, That's not that's bad. Ranked no. 70, 74th nationally. Yeah, in the middle of the pack. Well, set minus one turnover margin. That's yeah. that's not too bad. No, it isn't. No, Better than I was thinking. I mean, those things you can always improve on. Oh, yeah, of course. You know, if, yeah. It, if it's something as simple as, you know, interceptions or, you know, fumbling. Yeah. Just hold on to the ball. Yeah. Or <laughs> did you turn it over a lot, but you also forced a lot of turnovers. Correct. <laughs> Correct. That doesn't help either. Correct. Correct. <laughs> I got a little stat sure. that I was looking at earlier and um the crazy part is with in in this conference only four out of the 11 teams Mm -hmm. were plus in turnover margin Mm. only four out of 11 i mean seven teams were minus in the turnover margin department right that's to me that's crazy that's an imbalance a big imbalance. And you know what? <laughs> the four teams that were plus in turnover margin mm-hmm. were the top four teams in the conference. Yeah. Which you could expect. And there's a reason why some of these teams probably lost these close games. Mm-hmm. It's because of turnover. Oh, yeah. A late turnover, something like that. Right. I mean, they did have a pretty big win last year at Mississippi or at Mississippi State at home. Mm-hmm. They did. They beat Mike Leach. That is right. a crazy thing, too. That's right. That's crazy. <laughs> Mike Leach lost to Memphis in mm-hmm. Memphis, the mm-hmm. Liberty Bowl, where right. they play their games. Right. Mike Leach lost to Texas Tech <laughs> in Memphis in the Liberty Bowl. Right. So something tells me next year Mike Leach don't want to go to Memphis. He's not. He's going to advocate to not go to Memphis. <laughs> yeah. This year Memphis has to go to Tennessee or Mississippi State. Right. So it'll First be a little game. Fun. Yeah. Game early. Right out the jump. Yeah. That might be good, though. Yeah, because yeah. then you can prepare for him. Correct the whole, the, yeah, the whole offseason. Yeah, so I mean, we'll see what this Ryan Silverfield can do. He took over for the Cotton Bowl after Mike Norvell dipped out to FSU, mm-hmm. and we'll start to see if we'll see this year really how good of a coach he is because his first year or so those were Mike Norvell kids. Right. So now six and six. Are we which way are we trending? These are starting these are starting to be your kids. They have an easier schedule this year. Right. So, I mean, they should improve on that six and six from last year. Correct. And just, you know, probably just addressing those turnovers. Yeah. I think the thing that hurt them too was their bowl game got canceled because they got picked to go to the Hawaii Bowl. Right. Which I think is one of the top two bowl games you can go to there in the Bahamas. Correct. <laughs> Who wouldn't want to spend a week in Hawaii or Correct. the Bahamas? <laughs> All right, so moving on, our next school that we got in the American is Navy. Oh, the shipman. Yes. First off, I want to give a salute to all the players, past and present, all the service people out there. Correct. I mean, what these kids do at this school, football is fifth, sixth, or seventh on the list. Yeah. You know, we see all this stuff coming out and all these other kids whining and complaining or – they're not paying me enough or want to go through all the hoopla with recruiting and stuff like that. When these kids get done with them four years, mm-hmm. um, son, it's time to go serve your country. Right. Right. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that to me is amazing. Correct. It is. They, they, they're never going to get five-star recruits. You're never going to see a top 10 player go to a service academy. Yeah, not, not that. He wouldn't go. It's just the opportunity of going to the league. 
yeah. is cut. Oh, yeah. I mean, but, I mean, you can still you do can it. You can go, but you yeah. still have to after, you know, your Yeah, you got to put your time. Correct. Exactly. Correct. And who do. knows what, what that may be if you're a five-star recruit. I mean, you know, you can have a decent career. Yeah. Still, I mean, Roger Staubach did it. Right. He did. Um, David David Robinson did it. Mm-hmm. He went and served in the Navy for four years and then came back right. and was a Hall of Fame NBA player. Right. After he played four years in college. So he was eight years behind. Right. And 18, he was 24, 25, his rookie year. <laughs> right. He was. But so their head coach, he's going into his 15th season. I think he's a great head coach. I think he's a great head coach for this job. They only have five home games this year, mm-hmm. which will be pretty tough because Navy is a hard place to win at. Yeah. It is. But and, and, but to their credit, um, Navy get guys that want to be at Navy. Yeah, oh, yeah, of course. I mean, their recruitment is a lot different from – a lot of these other schools or whatever. Mm-hmm. These are guys that want to, they want to go there. Oh yeah. These military schools are yeah. the hardest jobs in the country. Right. I don't care what nobody says. Right. Expectations or whatever. Right. Military schools are the hardest job because like I said, I saw a thing and I wish I would have pulled it up before we did this. And it, I saw a year or so ago, it showed what one of these kids schedules is during the day. Mm-hmm. Dude, they're starting at four o'clock in the morning. Right, <laughs> and all their stuff that they got to do. I mean, they're still they're at the academy, but they're still in the process of becoming soldiers. Right. You know, and there's so much that these kids have to do. This has nothing to do with football. Right, it doesn't. I mean, football is like maybe 45 minutes of of their day mm. of a 12, 14 hour day that they get, that they do. Right. I mean, it's amazing how these kids can handle that workload and everything. Yeah, it's awesome, man. We salute all the military schools. I mean, all the I mean, oh, yeah. kids, but, you know, this there's schedules a little different. Yeah, there's there's something there's something to say about a kid at the service academy. Mm-hmm. It is. This year they play Notre Dame in Baltimore, right. where the Ravens play. Mm-hmm. That will be pretty cool. Mm-hmm. They get Army in Philly, where the Eagles are playing. Right. So that's always a game. Last year they beat Army seventeen thirteen, mm-hmm. and I would love <laughs> to go to an Army Navy game. Yeah, that would be an awesome game. That man. would be we we got to find some way to work that out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Somebody whoever's listening, if you got the hookup, holler at me. <laughs> <laughs> I want to go to the Army Navy game. I don't care what city they're playing it in. I don't. I know we got some listeners up there around Philly. If, if y'all get the hookup on that Army Navy game. Shoot us an email. Shoot us a DM. Yeah. Hey, man. <laughs> Let us know. We'll be there for and, it. And give tips on how to dress. I tell you. <laughs> I see those games, dude. Mm. And I see those servicemen out there, man. And, it's, dude, they're, 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 they're equipped yeah. for the weather. I oh, it's going to be cold, too. Oh, it's going to be Because I think, what, what's, what day is it this year that they play them? Is it December 10th? 11th. Yeah. The, yeah. Oof. So In you Philly? Know oh, yeah. You're in the heart of it. Oh yeah, <laughs> but I mean Navy—they've been having a pretty good run. They're nineteen and six the last twenty-five years against Army. Correct. So they got the Army thing, and dude, I love the helmets and the uniforms that they change every year for the Army Navy game. Right, I do. That is so sweet. Like they always have like the coolest. I mean, one of them I saw one time looked like a fighter jet helmet right. or. One of them was in camouflage. It looked like they was going out. I mean, <laughs> it's it's crazy. I it's love the putting put next on our list for mini helmets. Yeah. Army oh yeah. Army and Navy. Yeah. yeah. I, I was actually looking them up when 
I got some of the last ones, and they have the different years of them. Right. And like I said, those are some of the sweetest helmets that they have. Right. I love how they do that and change the uniforms and stuff like that. The one thing Navy does have to get over the hump with is they've lost a lot. They've lost the last two to Air Force. Right. So right. last year wasn't that close of a game. <laughs> no. You know. Air Force had a pretty solid team last year. Mm-hmm. They did. That's why I don't understand why. And there again, this this is one of those teams. It's crazy. Is they lose a lot of close games. I mean, oh, yeah. a lot of the games are close. They're going to shorten the game, you know, because they're they, you know they're going to pound you with that triple option. Mm-hmm. And you got to be yeah. prepared for it. Yeah, and if you don't play them first mm-hmm. or in the bowl game, mm-hmm. oh, week to week, no, you, you you can't prepare for them. Honestly, it's it's tough, man. I'm looking at I'm looking at this schedule. I'm talking about teams that were solid in the uh, upper national of the conference, like like, like Houston. Mm-hmm. It lost to Houston at Houston, twenty eight twenty. Yeah. You know? Oh, yeah. Running the triple option mm-hmm. against a team that tosses around the block. Yep. So, obviously, I mean, defense-wise, they, they did something there to kind of contain Houston. Oh, yeah. They're going to they're gonna cut the game in half. Mm-hmm. And they're going to cut your defensive lineman's knees. Right. And then you're talking <laughs> about you're talking about the team that represented the conference that uh, went to the playoffs. Uh-huh. Which was Cincinnati. Lost to Cincinnati 27-20. Wow. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. So like I say, they're they're really close to getting it to being a ten win team also. Right. So they, for the most part they're they're gonna be competitive. Oh yeah. You know, Just hope you gotta buy a week before you gotta play them. Right. You do. Know. Because right. I mean nobody and I guess that's their niche. Well mm-hmm. also too, and that I don't wanna say it's the easiest, but it's one of the more simplified offenses mm-hmm. and I heard that's why that they run it at the service academies because of their abundant schedule that they have. Right. You don't have the quote unquote time to be out there working a route tree and concepts and stuff like that. And this is one of the more not simplified for lack of better terms, but one of the easier ones to learn. And the one thing you'll always get with Navy, as long as the other service academies is discipline. Right. They're not going to turn the ball over. Right. And they're not going to commit penalties. Right. And which, <laughs> if a lot of other teams could catch on to that, to just not having as many penalties mm-hmm. and being more disciplined, like these service academy teams are, the I think college football landscape could actually change. But, right. well, we all know how that's going to go. All right, so moving on to our next school that we got. We got Tulane. Tulane Greenway. Willie Fritz. Mm. Seventh year there. He finished 2-10 and ten last year. He had a bad year. But he had actually got him to a bowl game the last three years prior to that. Right. Right. But he's got a challenge, I tell you this. Oh, yeah. Every offensive sister but tight end coach is gone. Oh, yeah. No, he fired everybody. Yeah. He, he wanted to, because you look at the way he's been building that team out there, mm-hmm. his first year, four wins. Next year, five wins. Mm-hmm. Third year, seven wins, bowl game. Mm-hmm. Fourth year, seven wins, bowl game. Right. Uh, fifth year, six wins, bowl game. Right. Seventh year, two wins, nope. Heads are going to roll. Right. Somebody dropped the ball there last year. Yeah, man. <laughs> and yeah, he got rid of everybody. Yeah. Yeah, obviously. I don't know who the tight end coach. Maybe he's 
maybe he's married to his sister's or his wife's sister or whatever, but I don't know what kept the tight end coach there, but everybody else on that offensive staff, they gone. Mm-hmm. They are. But he's doing a really great job at Tulane. All right. He is. They have a young quarterback. He's just a sophomore. So, I mean, I think that, too, had probably a lot to do with those two two wins, just being a freshman quarterback yes, last year, being thrown out there. Yeah, I think it's it's big issues probably going to be defense. Yeah. Um, that I looked at. I'm looking at his ranks uh, nationally from last year. You're talking scoring 114th. Mm-hmm. Um, rushing 78th, not bad, but uh, passing 120 and total 102 overall nationally. Turnover margin, minus nine. Oh, see, once again, yeah. that's what we're saying. Turnover margin. Yeah. The good thing is for Tulane, though, is they have nine starters returning on offense and defense next year. Mm. They do. So 18 of the 22 starters are coming back. Right. So I think with this new coaching staff and everything, that that will actually get it turned around for them Correct. this upcoming year. I don't see them only winning two games again. Now, nope. here goes something. True. <laughs> that a lot of people probably forgot about. Remember, they played Oklahoma last year. Mm-hmm. Lost to Oklahoma by five. They right. was a 32-point underdog in that game. Right. And that game was supposed to have been played in Tulane. Mm-hmm. But a hurricane came, and they had to move it to Oklahoma at the beginning of the year last year. Right. Now, I'm not saying if they would have played Oklahoma at home that they would have beat Oklahoma. But... That shows how competitive that this coach has these kids playing. Right. It'd be a 32-point underdog. Mm-hmm. You lose a home game midway through the week, you know, because of the hurricane. You got to pack up. You go on the road to Oklahoma. At the time, was probably a top-five school in the country, and you only lose by five and had an opportunity at the end of the game to win that game. Right. I mean, he, he has them going in the right direction. Correct. I mean, when you drop one power five school, actually two power five schools, and replace them with one, it can be a big leap for them. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, at least it's probably two extra wins. Um, and probably can, you know, win a couple of those other close games. And now you're mm-hmm. your playoff, I mean, a uh, bowl team again. Yeah. And right back to their six, seven wins right. where they belong. Right. I mean, you look at it, he's 20 and 15 at home under Fritz. Beautiful on-campus stadium. Mm-hmm. Seats 30,000. I love it. I mean, it really is a nice on, on-campus stadium that right. they have there. And to me, it helps more. I think it helps the team more than them playing their games in the Superdome. Mm-hmm. Because there's nothing more demoralizing. Even if you brought 30,000 people into the Superdome, it's going to look empty. Right. It is. And... Whenever you're playing that game on Saturday, dude, it's 55 degrees in the Superdome uh, because they got to get the AC down low right. enough for all the fans that they know is going to sell out for the for the Saints game yeah. on Sunday. Right, right. So <laughs> you're playing indoors, but you're freezing. I just turn it off. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Because they have to drop the AC level so low in the Superdome because they know, no, there's going to be 80,000 fans tomorrow. Yeah. For the Saints game and those big AC units, you know, you just don't click them on and it just cuts it cold. So your uh-huh. game you're playing in front of 10,000 fans trying to find parking and everything else there downtown in New Orleans. And you're freezing 
Well, you tell hopefully, off. hopefully their schedule kind of offsets with New Orleans for the most part. <laughs> yeah, which like I said, that's why I'm glad yeah. they have a on campus stadium. Yeah, that's, now. that's cool. Do like all the rest of them. Build you a campus on stadium. It's like I said, it seats thirty thousand, which is enough for right now. But it's good for college atmosphere. Exactly, and yeah. then. And these college stadiums, you can always expand. Correct. I mean, none of these big stadiums did they just build the stadium in Tennessee to see one hundred four thousand people uh, right out the jump. Right. No, it started probably about thirty thousand. Yeah, and just add. Ask, you just add yeah, and yeah. build on and everything. So, but yeah, I think he's going to get it turned around. I don't think they're going to stay where they are at two wins. I don't. He's doing a great job there. Mm-hmm. All right. So then our next team that we got. <laughs> Is South Florida. Wow. Two and ten South Florida. And I have been. I've been puzzled by this team, man. Me too. I mean, you're in a hotbed state. <laughs> yeah. I mean, in a hotbed location. Mm-hmm. I Down mean, in Tampa. There's plenty of guys around you, man. If you can just hit on, you know, uh, a small percentage of them. Yeah. You know, I'm like, dude, you're right there. I mean, being home. Yep. I mean, shoot, you, you can't beat that. I mean, I, I don't know what the deal is. Maybe maybe guys are, you know, looking at the, the progress of the team and, and maybe say, well, show me something. Yeah. I mean, who knows? Because I see a lot of guys they do get if they're transferring from another school or something. Then they're able to get them. They may come back home or something like that. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, it, it's puzzling, man, to see them – you know, especially with a coach like they have in Jeff Scott, who's been to the oh yeah, the top, yeah. yeah. You know, of college football, it's won championships at Clemson, mm-hmm. but it doesn't seem like at least that you would think the offense would start to take off. Yeah, you at least on that end, you would. And then you look at it and the point score that they've had, it just isn't there. No, man. I mean, they it, had a seventeen-game losing streak until they beat Temple last year. Yeah, F- FBS losing streak. I'll say, man. It's it's crazy. I mean, they 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 did have. Mm, They've actually lost. Close games. Yeah, close, but at two and ten, close ain't close ain't going to ain't going to move. No, no, the no. Deal. I mean, I mean, you're not finishing. <laughs> They've lost twenty two of their last twenty three games against FBS schools. Yeah, they have. Yeah, I mean, you're talking. There's, there's no, there's no reason for that. The not rank, like you said, not where they're at. Not where they are. I mean, come on now, you you should be able to hit a little better, you know, at South something. Florida, you yeah, know? you know, of course, Central Florida is not too far from me. They're doing pretty good as far as recruiting. Seem to be all right. You know, Same conference. Yeah. So what what advantages do they have? Yeah, you have which is it's not an on campus stadium, but you have a stadium that's unique. I mean, yeah. In the NFL, then you think you know. Maybe I mean, Tom Brady might swing by every now and then. That's what I'm saying. I mean, <laughs> with them being hot, you would think, you know, that'd help pull some, you know, viewers or whatever. Yeah, but, something. Yeah, now I hope he's got to get it turned around somehow, man. Um, so check this out, Jeff yeah. Scott in his two years there, he's three and eighteen. Right. Right. So I looked it up. Who are his three wins against? I see two. One, <laughs> the Citadel. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, the Citadel, really? Of course, I see it. His second win, FAMU, right. Florida A&M. Yeah. Okay. I see it. And then Temple. Right. Which will be our next team that we talk about, right. which is the bottom feeder of this conference. But that's, there again, I'm, I'm looking at, you know, the production. Yeah, um, 23 points per game with him 
at the helm. Yeah, man, that's not that's not good. I mean, that, the only rank that they're not ranked in the hundreds is <laughs> the Russian attack. Now, there again, you don't know. I mean, they did play some close games, but how many is that possibly like garbage duty? Oh, yeah, you know? a lot. I mean, what was it? Is it last year? I believe their quarterback. Mm-hmm. Dude, their quarterback, and I, I don't talk about kids, but their quarterback was a small quarterback they had. Mm-hmm. And, dude, his helmet looked like one of those jumbo helmets. Like, it didn't even look like it fit his head. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? The helmet was so damn big. It, it was almost like a bobblehead. It was. Yeah. And I just, like I said, I don't get why. If Central Florida can do good, Florida Atlantic can do good. Right. Florida International, eh, that's all right. Miami, well, we'll just talk about Group of Five, not Power Five, because that's a whole different level. But if Florida Atlantic, Central Florida can do well, Mm -hmm. there's no excuse that South Florida can't do well. Not at all. And uh, but maybe, like I said, the whole landscape can kind of help them get players. I see they have a a new quarterback um, that uh, Jerry Bohannon Mm -hmm. lost a quarterback battle at Baylor. Oh. Dude passed for like twenty two hundred yards, eighteen touchdowns. So Oh yeah, that's right, that's right. He ended up losing to that kid we talked about yeah, in remember, the Big Twelve. Yeah, yep, yeah, that I took remember, over. But I remember him yeah. actually playing. Also, he actually transferred to South he, Florida he this year. He transferred to South Florida. Okay. Well, I mean, maybe that's what Jeff Scott needs. He needs that type of Correct. quarterback. Correct. And he then does. and like I said, that can help with the the ratio. I mean, they were what, minus four also. Most of these teams that we're talking about, you start like you said. Yep. The turnover margin. Yeah, that's what I said. There's only been four. There's only four teams out of eleven that were plus turnover margin mm-hmm. in that entire conference. Yeah. So you, you and three it. of them are leaving. Right. <laughs> All right. So yeah, you gotta you gotta change that scenario, man. You gotta get up. I mean, I'm looking at the ranks as far as defense. Yeah. Um, one seventeen scoring. They do got a new DC. Yeah. Bob Shoot. He was at Mississippi State 2018-2019. So maybe he can get it turned around. Right. But how good was Mississippi State's defense during that time? Yeah. But that's the thing. You got to start getting players in there because good players want to play with good players. Yeah. And like I said, there's no reason where they're located that they should not None at all. None at all. I mean, there's there's hundreds of guys per year. Yeah. There's one prospect. Out of in state. the Tampa area. Yeah, just in Tampa area. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, look at the high school recruiting in the Tampa area. Yeah. Even if you don't get the four and five stars, I mean, mm-hmm. there's got to be some really good three-star players that will turn results higher yeah. than or two diamond, and ten. Diamond in the rough. So, I mean, even even yeah. some of these schools that even have um, decent walk-on, mm-hmm. you know, um, recruits. I'm like, they'll take a scholarship to actually play. Oh, yeah. You know? <laughs> <laughs> to not have to pay their way? Hell, Correct. yeah. <laughs> Correct. So some of these guys are you know, just walk-ons and you know, scout teams and stuff like that that you can possibly keep in there and develop yourself. Oh, yeah, of course. Yeah. So this, like I said, South Florida, I think, is one of the... I'm not... I think Jeff Scott is a pretty good coach. I think he will be a good coach. Mm-hmm. I just wonder, too... Now, here goes another thing before we move on to the next school. Mm-hmm. I wanted to bring this up. Is Jeff Scott just a product of the system he came out of? Is he like, everybody looks at anybody who worked under Dabo, they think his coordinators are going to be great. Yeah. Now, I'm not con- 
Because I'm not comparing Dabo to Belichick by no stretch of the mm-hmm. imagination. Mm-hmm. But it's a similar situation in the NFL. Uh-huh. Anybody who was the OC or DC for Tom Brady or that defense at, at um, New England, they mm-hmm. thought, oh, they'd be a great head coach. And all, pretty much the majority of them are fell flat on their face. Right. Is Jeff Scott just another, okay, you're the Clemson OC, you have better players than everybody, you're under Dabo. You're going to be great here. So, yeah. it, I mean, is he that type I think, of coach? I think that's a, it's, it's a big part of it. But that, there again, also, um, his position from being an OC versus being actually head coach with more responsibility. Mm-hmm. Um, a big part of it, like I said, it is the players. So, he's got a – you don't know if his recruiting – was accredited to um, being at Clemson yeah. versus can you actually just go out and recruit? Yeah, that's what I was saying. Like, yeah. Was it because of you had the better players so your offense looked better? I think I think that's part of it. I, I think that's a huge part of it because, I mean, that's the bloodline. Mm-hmm. It's the recruits. They're getting the players yeah. in there, and not only just getting players, but identifying yeah. players that can help you. Oh, yeah. You know, so, so we'll have to see how it all plays out. We will. Our next team and final team we got – and the uh, American is Temple. Temple. They got a new coach, mm-hmm. Stan Drayton. Mm-hmm. And Temple has been the cradle of Power Five coaches here lately. Mm-hmm. I mean, let's let's run it back. We got Al Golden was there. Mm-hmm. Did had a good, pretty good, pretty good job. Become the head coach of Miami. Steve Adazio was there. Mm-hmm. Then he became the head coach of Baylor. Right. Then Matt Rule come in. And he become the head coach at Baylor. All right. Hold on. I'm going to run this back. <laughs> I said Baylor instead of Boston College twice. Yeah. All right. Hold on. Ready? Shoot. All right. All right. So then our next team that we got here is Temple. Temple's been a hotbed for Power 5 coaches. They have. I looked at it, and their new head coach, Stan Drayton, Maybe he'll stick around. Who knows? So I, I ran it back and I looked at it because, you know, you hear a lot of great coaches come from Temple. Mm-hmm. So the first one they had, they had Al Golden was there, and he became the head coach of Miami. Mm-hmm. Now, we're not talking about how it ended up once these coaches got there. Right. Just they got the big job afterwards. Steve Adazio was there mm-hmm. then as a head coach. Then he became the head coach of Boston College. Mm-hmm. Matt Rule was there as the head coach. Then he became the head coach of Baylor. Then Jeff Collins came in and was the head coach. Then he became the head coach for Georgia Tech. Right. And here's one that's going to throw everybody off. Rod Carey was there, and now he's the quality control guy at Indiana. Right. <laughs> I, I don't think he... I don't think he caught fire like the rest of them did, because they ain't been doing too well here lately. Yeah, I mean, for... A hot second, man. Diaz was the head coach of. Tampa. Well, yeah, before Kerry, yeah. he was, yeah. yeah, and then Diaz left, and then he became the head coach of Miami. Right, <laughs> right. right. <laughs> so even though he never <laughs> coached a game there, he still became the head coach of the Power Five school. Right, and I think just looking at it, because you look at Temple, they were able to win, and they were solid. I oh mean, man, both. that defense. Oh yeah, yeah, they, they were built correctly. That that goes back to. A coach being able to identify mm-hmm. players and to have a game plan to say, look, this is what I'm looking for. Although you may not get the top players, 
But if you get your type of players. Oh, yeah. That's the thing is what you're going to be looking for. So, yep. But Stan Drayton, St- Drayton, not Drayton, Stan Drayton has a um, pretty good resume. I, I recall him, you know, seeing uh-huh. him um, on the Urban Meyer staff at Florida. Oh, okay. Yeah, he was he was running back coach. Oh, wow. So he's been around the block. Yeah, he's been around the block. Even uh, after that, following him, um, he went to, during the, the second stint mm-hmm. at Florida, he went to Ohio State. Oh, so he, yeah, so he coattailed them. Correct. Yeah. So, so he's been in those high-profile um, programs to know how they operate. Oh, yeah. And the thing is, he's got to be able to just kind of build his system Oh yeah. that way. So, And he might actually have a chance to. He mm-hmm. will. Mm-hmm. The one thing I do like about, and there's a story and a history and everything, and I won't get too in-depth on it. I yeah. won't. But um, the single digits on defense. Mm-hmm. They give those to like the hard-nosed players. Correct. They do. And I really like that. I think that's really cool. They mm-hmm. have such an emphasis on defense because mm-hmm. they're from Philly. Mm-hmm. You know? I mean, they still play where the Eagles play. I wish they had an on-campus stadium. Right. And I think they could re-embrace that hard-nosed. We're from the streets of Philly. I mean, you know, you hear about Philly, they tough. Right. You know? Right. Great, great fan base. Mm-hmm. If you play for Philly. (laughs) But, I mean, but you know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Like, I mean, they have, they, I think, I think an on-campus stadium would help them a lot. I do. And if they can get it rolling, I think they can build the backing. But can they keep a head coach? I mean, they've had four really good head coaches in the Mm -hmm. past that it's just a stepping stone. They Mm -hmm. just skip here and then move there. Right, they do. Right now, they're one of the teams uh, being in this conference is from like northeast. Mm-hmm. So a lot of theirs is traveling outside the area. Um, we should give them a recruiting advantage. You would think. You would think. You know, try they to would. keep guys home. Yeah, and play in front of their mm-hmm. family and things of that nature. But yeah, and recruit the state of Pennsylvania. Right. You know. Yeah, it's it's, it's something about trying to get the <laughs> fan base back. That's, that's, and that's the thing. Like I said, this guy, right? Like I said, with his pedigree, I think he can probably do that. Oh yeah. Because, um, like I said, with him being a running back coach, mm-hmm. of course, you know he want to start with the running emphasize game. on the running game. That's what it's gonna be. So you got yep. to build your offensive line, and he knows you got to win in the trenches. That's it. That's All it. right. Well, that's Temple. So now let's go on and we're going to jump into, that wraps up all the teams that we got. We're going to jump into our offensive player, defensive player, and freshman of the year. All right. All right. I'll go ahead and get started. <coughs> all right. Offensive player of the year and the American I have is Clayton Toon, quarterback from the University of Houston. After reading through and looking through, I think he's probably the best quarterback in the conference. I think he's going to put up big numbers. Fourth year in Dana's system. I think he's going to love being in that system again. So, all right, Taz, who do you have as your offensive player of the year? Okay. Um, Tanner Mordecai from SMU. Okay. That would be a really good game when they play each other. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think lastly will come in. Like I said, he's a he's a quarterback guy, man. He I saw the improvement that he made in Miami. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, he was able to put this guy right now. He's on the map. Oh yeah. So I think it's going to be a probably more of a pass heavy offense. So mm-hmm. um, he's probably right behind your guy as far as the next guy up. Oh yeah, I wouldn't doubt that. I so um, yeah, I chose Mordecai to go with that. Now defense, I went with uh, Malik Van from Cincinnati. Oh, with okay. them 
bringing back a veteran defensive line mm-hmm. and uh, they were able to kind of put some pressure on, on, on some quarterbacks last year. Of course, they lose their guys in the back end. Yeah. So hopefully well. the back end can hold up and they can get the guys, <laughs> big guys a little time to get to them. Uh-huh. But I think Fickle, like I said, if he can, you know, still maneuver in that offense and kind of help that defense out, the guys will be able to tee off. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, my defensive guy got Darius Hodges. I think he's a little under the radar. I don't think mm-hmm. many people know who he are who he mm-hmm. is. He's out of Tulane. He's a defensive lineman. He actually led the American last year with fifteen and a half tackles for law. And he didn't even start the first part of the season. Mm. I think it's crazy. It's like once they put him in there, it's like, oh wow, this kid can really play. <laughs> and then he pretty much just took that spot. Mm-hmm. So I think he'll have another great year this year. I think with Tulane only winning two games last year is another reason why people probably didn't hear much about him. So I think this year they'll have a better year, and I think he'll be really recognized. Mm-hmm. Moving on to our freshman of the year. Who do you have as your freshman of the year, Ted? R.J. Maryland, which is a freshman tight end. And okay. uh, just looking at SMU's, um, SMU's offense, they were ranked number one last year in the oh, AAC, wow. number nine nationally. Man, top 10 overall. Yeah, so that means the, the ball's going up. He's already, um, as a freshman, he's moved up to the number three depth chart. Oh, wow. So I can see him moving up even closer and probably as a freshman getting a lot of play if you're going to run, run probably uh, 12 personnel, two tiny end sets. Yeah. I think he'll get some play in that passing game. Oh, yeah, yeah. Mine is Matthew Golden. I spoke about earlier, the wide receiver, four-star from Houston that stayed at home. I think he's going to get a lot of yards and a lot of catches because of that Clayton tune and how Dana likes to pass the ball around. I can't wait. You know, that SMU-Houston game, we're going to have – maybe we'll live broadcast that one. Because I got my quarterback and my receiver, and you got your quarterback and your tight end. tight end. (laughs) So, we're going to have to maybe live stream that game. We're going to put that ball up. We will. Definitely. So, yeah, so that game right there, which is a nice segue over when we get over to it, because now we're going to talk about our games to watch. And I think that right there, SMU versus Houston, will be an amazing game to watch. Right. And like I said, maybe we'll live stream that one. Tell what day is that one on? Oh, the SMU um, Houston? Houston, yeah, uh, November fifth. Oh, okay, at Sweet. Houston. So you're home at Houston. Okay, there we go. So yeah, so we'll, uh, we'll maybe we'll live broadcast that one. All right, then um, next game that we got the games to watch is Cincinnati at Arkansas, September third. Right, we're gonna find out real quick how <laughs> Cincinnati is reloaded. We are. We're we're gonna be able to, to check them because I mean, of course, Arkansas has added some some pieces over there on offense mm-hmm. um, to challenge um, Cincinnati defense. Of course, like I said, they're replacing three guys on the back end. Yeah. On, so on, we're yeah. gonna find out. Definitely, we will. <laughs> Another game that I saw that was pretty intriguing. It was if you want to watch a game in an hour and a half, mm-hmm. watch the Navy ECU game, East East Carolina game. Oh, yeah. Both teams run heavy. That game started 3.30, be done by 5. Yeah. <laughs> Clock's just going to keep running. It is. Right. Yeah, it ought to be a pretty pretty intense game, too. But then another one that we got here is we got the Houston at Texas Tech, which we talked about earlier. So, mm-hmm. you know, I think if Houston can get past Texas Tech, they have a pretty favorable schedule the rest of the way and should do all right. Um, another game that we have, we have Navy versus Notre Dame. Mm. Great rivalry, play it every year. This year they're going to play it in Baltimore, which will be a pretty cool game. 
And then another one is TCU at SMU. Right. Okay. Sonny Dykes comes back home to SMU. Right. Right. That's going to be interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, you're talking about it's probably going to be a high-flying game right there. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. It should be. Yeah. So it will. You can see a lot of points in that game right there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then the <laughs> – Tulsa at Wyoming, I just threw it in there to throw in there. Yeah. <laughs> but we'll get on the Wyoming you story. Throw that in there. Yeah. Um, then we have Central Florida at Memphis Correct. on November 5th. I think that'll be a really good game. Right. Another one to look forward to. Um, East Carolina at Cincinnati, November 11th. Should be a power versus power type deal. We'll really see if East Carolina is ready to take that next step. And then the final game I got is the Army-Navy game in Philly, December 10th, like we talked about earlier. Always. Always. <laughs> I got a little tidbit for Shoot. the Army-Navy game. What you got? Did y'all know in 1963, Instant Replay debuted in the Army-Navy game? That was the first time Instant Replay was ever used. That was interesting. 1963 in the Army-Navy game. What's even more funny, however, is... The broadcaster had to tell the people watching the game on television that it didn't happen again because no one had ever seen instant, instant replay. replay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Ain't that something? <laughs> so, any of these games we got on here, Taz, that really intrigues you that you're looking forward to this upcoming year? Uh, I think uh, outside of, you know, maybe even Houston, Cincinnati, because that's 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 playoff uh, um, implication like, or at least championship implications for the yeah, league. Yeah, they probably meet in the championship game. Yeah, uh, UCF Memphis. Um, cause I, I'm looking at more of the um, the conference games. Uh-huh. That's going to be uh, implications. Of course, like I said, I mean def- Cincinnati and Arkansas are early on. Oh, I yeah. mean, that's one definitely to, to look at. Yeah, figure out where everybody's at on that one. Correct. Um, Houston Tech, that was a, a, a nice game last year, so that's a replay there. This year is going to be in Tech. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, of course, the Army-Navy game always. Yeah, I mean, that just hands down. Yeah, that's a, you end the year that's, on that game. Yeah, yes. <laughs> we, we got to try to find a way to get there. Definitely. Wait, dude. Like I said, all our people in Philly, any Army or Navy fans, if y'all want us to – I'll <laughs> – We'll show up for free. You show up, but like I said, I'm not. <laughs> Just you know, get us in. Built for the cold. <laughs> oh, I can bundle up for that <laughs> yeah. one. Good thing is, too, that's the only game on that Saturday. That's yeah. the only game that's being played that day. So yeah, all eyes can be on that game. And maybe we could broadcast after that live from Philly. <laughs> Definitely. That, that'll be awesome. Yep. All right, so we're about to wrap up the show. We're going to go ahead and get into our predictions. I'll go ahead and get us started. My predictions this year is. I think Houston's going to end up winning the conference. I think Dana's going to take that extra that next step to winning the championship and moving on and building off his strong year last year. And I got followed by Cincinnati, which I still think is a great team in the conference. Even though they lose a lot, they're just going to reload, not rebuild. Followed by East Carolina. East Carolina was a team that uh, the more I read into them, the more I'm starting to buy into. And I think they're going to have a really good year this year. Mm-hmm. Um, Central Florida, we got Gus, got a new quarterback. I ain't jumping on the Gus bus, but I think he'll do pretty well. Then followed by SMU, like you was talking about, I think they're going to have a really solid offense again. Memphis, he's going. we're going to find out about Memphis this year. Right. 
Is it Norvell's kids that was winning, or is it this guy's kids? Followed by Tulsa, which I think is doing really well and getting it turned around down there. Tulane, really like Tulane. Probably might have flip-flopped those two the more I read into them. Then Navy, like I said, it's the hardest job. And Navy's one of those schools that could go 10-2 and or 3-8. and 3-9, Three and nine, they are. So it just all depends on how it works. Um, South Florida, better get it turned around. And South Florida is no excuse to finish at the bottom like that. And right. Temple, I just, I mean, hopefully if this coach does well, he doesn't leave you too like all the rest of them. Right. <laughs> all right, Taz, how you got it going? All right, well, I want to go with Cincinnati as my leader again. Um, the experience of actually being in the college playoff system. I think those guys, man, are the pump to, to 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 get back in the conversation at least. I mean, after losing some key guys, um, Houston. I think Houston's um, definitely going to prove uh, after this year under Dana, um, bringing in a couple key pieces. Um, just the motivation now of being, you know, the last year in this conference. You want to, you want to, you want to go out with a bang at least with a conference win. Um, UCF, I'm going with uh, as number three spot with Gus and those guys. He, he's recruited pretty well. Got some transfers in there to keep positions um, to kind of help out that team, followed by SMU. Now, they may not be the top dog, of course, like we know we did. Was a, there's been a head coaching change, but I still think there's some key pieces there that we can still challenge teams um, offensively, uh, followed by ECU. Um, I think they're going to be really solid. I think it's one of those teams, um, like the like, probably from ECU down. Uh-huh. Um, if they can kind of change the turnover margin, yeah, a little bit. Oh, if yeah. they can ch- kind of change that, they can they can probably win two to add two to three additional uh, games, you know, to their win column. So, um, like I said, I got ECU. Then Memphis is another one. A lot of close close games. Um, hopefully just minimize the mistakes. Um, you know, just uh, just taking care of the ball. I mean, that's, that's a, the main thing. That's huge, man. Um, then followed by Tulane. I think um, they they're going to improve this year. Uh, then Tulsa. Um, then followed by Navy. Um, Navy's one of those teams. Another one. They're difficult. They're going to be difficult for everybody mm-hmm. um, because of the style and play that they have um, on offense. Um, tough, hard nose on defense, regardless. Every time, yeah, you know, they're gonna be tough. discipline. Correct, discipline. Correct. Uh, followed by South Florida. Now, this one, like I said, it was real tricky. Also, with South Florida, we'll see if they make an improvement, which they did get a transfer quarterback with some experience, winning experience, um, that can probably make a difference in a couple of those games, um, and turn them turn those into the win win column forms. Then by Temple, like I said, I'm not totally. Sold on them being the last team because of Drayton. Um, of course, he's going to probably have to get some players in there. Yeah. Um, but like I said, he's going to turn that team into a hard run nose uh, run nose team um, because that's where he's come from. Oh yeah. That, I mean, that's his background from the NFL to college. We run the ball, we pound the ball, we sell the pass game. All right. That'll work. Well, all right, everybody. That pretty much wraps up our American episode. Like I said, I thought we might do it in two, but we was having so much fun, and it just kept flowing. We just went ahead and did it all together in one. (laughs) (laughs) We did. So, all right. Well, I hope everybody enjoyed this episode. I had a lot of fun doing it. And a lot of these schools, you know, you don't 
really you hear about, you follow, and you know a little bit about, but you really get to the nuts and bolts, the deeper that you actually dig into them. And it was really interesting to learn a lot of stuff about some of these other lower, um, smaller schools and everything like that. And our next episode that we do is going to be our, it'll be what's called our group of five, but it'll be the other four conferences. And that one I'm thinking we are going to have to break up into two episodes. One episode we'll do the Sunbelt and Conference USA. And then the next one we'll do the Mountain West and the Mac. We will. And we'll break them down just like we broke down these ones. And we will see y'all now, y'all on that episode. Tash, y'all got anything for him? Hey man, always enjoy it, man. Look forward to watching some of these games. Uh, these are games probably you probably wouldn't normally watch, but now just kind of getting some idea of uh, what to look for and you know uh, the movements that some of these teams have made, uh, especially like uh, at SMU. Um, I don't know how many people knew that they were ranked probably top ten um, overall. Um, and scoring so hey it's just something to look out for and uh it's uh just enjoy the college season when we're close oh yeah we're almost we're there we're almost yeah. there and they like i tell everybody there's good football played all around the country right it's not just in these big conferences and i think that's one of the goals that we made with this podcast is we're going to shed the light and we're going to show the people that there is good football played all around the country yes sir there is well, all right. Well, that's all we got for this episode. Like I said, the next one we'll end up doing will be the group of five. And I hope y'all enjoyed it. And everybody have a safe and fun Sunday. And we'll see y'all next week. Peace.